My name is Steven, I DM'd this nonsense, and this is Disadvantage. So, uh, first though, does anyone want to recap what just happened? Yeah. So that we're caught up. Uh, what's the guy's name that sent us on the quest? Sulak Soulkeeper. Sulak Soulkeeper sent us on a quest to find, to get some vials of dust from the battleground of the Mind Flayers um, that had some necrotic properties and promised us a good reward in return. And then when we got there, we fought some zombies. Pretty neat. So, I'm going to reread that. You sit before Sulak in Mama Matrastas, battered and reeking of death. Many of the other patrons have chosen to avoid tables adjacent to yours, but no one confronts you directly. The servers are polite, but seem to avoid your table for as long as they can and quickly escape once your needs have been met. Sulak seems unperturbed by your disgusting state and has pulled various scientific-looking apparatuses from his bag and appears to be testing the soil you brought him. Making solutions and chanting incantations, he is too focused on his task to notice much. He pours a small drop of some unknown liquid on a tiny speck of dirt that you brought him, and a surprisingly large puff of dark purple smoke puffs up with a small but clear pop. Sulak immediately apologizes to the surrounding patrons, the servers, and Mama Matrasta herself, lest he appear to be breaking her rule about being polite. Yes, yes, this will do excellently, Sulak exclaims. Well done, friends, but your quest is not complete. I have much more for you to accomplish yet. As he explains the next portion of your quest, he counts out gold pieces that include the agreed-upon price as well as a bonus of roughly 20%. The next item I need you to acquire what from the me agreed is... agreed-upon price? Um, I don't know. What do you guys want? I, I don't really see these characters, like, persisting into the distant Fair. future, so, like, I just want it to be known that they did get paid well, but I don't actually imagine sure. you having to I deal was... with the economy. Okay, I was just asking. Well, actually, Zach, I think this would be fun. You pick an amount of gold, because as somebody who has gotten screwed over by the gold system, uh, <laughs> I think it would be a lot of fun for you to determine that amount. Uh, 60. 60 gold? Is that not, like, $600? Yeah, whatever. Cool. 600 bucks plus 20%. The next item I need you to acquire for me is some brackish water from the Tainted Marsh. I will confess that this mission will likely be equally, if not more so, dirty than the previous one. He looks up, looks you up and down as if noticing for the first time that you are filthy. Southeast of here, near the mouth of the Demented Pass, lies the Tainted Marsh. Tainted by what, exactly? No one is sure, but keep your wits about you. While certainly not as dangerous as the Valley of Monsters, the marsh has claimed more than its fair share of treasure hunters. You will be looking for an area that is covered in a plant called Queen's Fever Crowfoot. Often keeping most of the plant underwater, the only part you will see is the flowers poking up above the surface of the marsh. The petals are large, roughly the size of your hand, um, with five gray petals sticking out. Five exactly. In the center are tiny red filaments which give, you the or which give the plant its name. Collect the water that surrounds these plants and even get a bloom or two if you can. Flash cut to the marsh. You are still gross. You've not rested. You like came back and you went straight, straight back out. But you did just make approximately $600 plus some change. The sight before you is as simple and ominous as Sulak described. The same unnatural glow as you saw in the battleground remains present here, uh, as is the light fog. Damp grass stands out of the moist ground, roughly to your mid-calf, unless you are Maykaren, uh, and then it's solidly to your knee or thigh. While, the area, while there are areas that have standing water in them, some that appear to be wa uh, and some that appear to be walkable, it is obvious that you will not be able to avoid getting your boots very, very wet. You have been warned by Sulak about bullywugs that often come up in this area. Bullywugs are frog-like creatures that stalk unsuspecting victims, but are known to be cowards, often running from a fight if they cannot overwhelm you with superior numbers. Uh, everybody roll a perception check, please. Oh, 
Fourteen. Twelve. Um, everybody but Maycarin. Um, something about this place makes you uncomfortable. The, the marsh lacks many of the sounds that you would associate with a marsh. Frogs croaking, birds chirping in the occasional tree, small splashes of water as fish play. Uh, instead, hearing only a dull background hum with no direct source, you could swear that you see a person moving just under the water, but she seems to always stay at the edges of your vision. You are able to tell, however, that she is absolutely beautiful. Maycarin is blissfully unaware and just tromping along, having a grand old time. Oh, yeah. Um, Bastin and Morthos, will you please roll a uh, con saving throw? 14. Okay. It's going to be a 16 for me. Okay, both of you passed. Um, the visage of a beautiful woman lifts quietly and gracefully out of the surface of the water. Despite this, she seems dry. Once all the way out, she floats directly above the surface and cocks her head slightly to the side and smiles. She has long, flowing red hair and fair skin that looks soft and supple. She is, by all accounts, gorgeous. Her clothes are a simple silk dress, but that appears uh, well-made and hugs her bodice in flattering ways. Welcome, travelers. You have entered my domain. To ensure that you are not a loathsome guest, I will be taking a number of your friends captive, and then, um, Mekarin, you just, like, get suddenly and inexplicably sucked under the water, uh, nearest you. Ah! Uh, sploosh. Um, what I seek is information. You have in your town a Githyanki man who meddles in the lands beyond the forest. He stirs up trouble. Name him. Uh, that's the leader, right? What's his name? I've seen him. I don't know his name. To whom does he give allegiance? Uh... What is his quest? Who are his enemies? I mean, I don't know how we we just got here. (laughs) I know of him. I don't know him. Well, she breaks in in a surprisingly harsh tone, if you cannot offer me the information I seek, I will accept a bit of play instead. A suddenly predatory look comes on her face as an unnaturally wide and menacing smile carves its way across. Answer my riddles, play my games, and I might just let you go free. Sure. Mekarin, you're suddenly jettisoned back out of the water onto land. Jeez. Uh, Dripping wet. But answer quickly, for the poison I have infected you with, she says, indicating Ah. Mekarin, um kills swiftly. I will give you three riddles, and if you can succeed, I will cure you. First, what do an island and the common letter T have in common? What do what? What do an island and the letter T have in common? It is assumed that, uh, that they are also speaking in common, so like English for us. So what do water and the letter T have in common. Or sorry, what do an island and the letter T have in common? Time's ticking. Answers three. Each give me one. You there, she points at Bastin. Uh, islands have palm trees. Incorrect! They resemble letter T. You there, she says, indicating Morthos. Speak up. Quickly, I am not patient. They, um... Incorrect! I will not abide this stammering. You, the poisoned one, give me your answer. Um... Uh... It's probably something about water? Uh, can you give me an insight check, please? Uh, 17 plus stuff. You, you notice that, like, her eyebrow kind of, like, raises uh, and a, a slight tilt to her head when you say that, but that's not quite the answer. Uh, uh. I will repeat the riddle one last time. What do an island and the letter T have in common? It definitely okay. has something to do with water. Okay, okay. Yeah, you got that from me when I misspoke earlier. Um... 
You know, maybe it has something to do with the way water is spelled. Well, I mean, water has a T in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but an island doesn't. No, but that, I don't think that matters. Um, I think that it has to do with the location. Like, um, I don't like this, Bastin says. He's a like water, starting to draw Water and an axe. island both have it, are, are both in the middle of water. Oh, 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 oh. That's ridiculous. Correct! She says with a snarl, never losing her malicious grin. The answer is that they are both in the middle of water. That's a stupid riddle. Yeah, they're riddles. These are stupid. Uh, everybody <laughs> roll uh, perception for me, please. They don't get much better. I'm just going to warn you. Uh, 15 plus stuff. Okay. 11. 11. Uh, 16. 16. Um, Morthos and Makarin, you notice that you can see a bunch of Queen's Fever Crowfoot uh, just in this area in general. Okay. That's Your neck. That's what we need to get? Yes. Okay. Your next riddle is this. I have rivers without water, forests without trees, mountains without rocks, and towns without houses. What am I? Are you a globe? Pause, take a step back, remember that the cosmology of the cusp is flat. Okay. A map? <sighs> Correct! Her voice is deeper and more imposing than it should be, overlaying with her tinkling ladylike voice as if two creatures are speaking at once. The answer is a map. Your final riddle <clears throat> is this. I begin eternity and end space. At the end of time and in every place, last in life, second to death, never alone, found in your breath, contained by earth, water, or flame, my grandeur so awesome, wind dare not tame. Not in your mind, I am in your dreams. Vacant to kings, but present to queens. What am I? Yes, he knows. Bastin does not. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, can he explain it? Can you try to explain it in a way that would make sense in character? <laughs> or, or get the other characters to realize what he's saying? Um, before you do, you're going to need to roll either like persuasion or performance, and that will determine how successfully you can articulate this thought. I'm going to say it's definitely performance. <laughs> okay. Uh, what's my performance? Not good. Uh, it's okay. 11? <laughs> By okay, I mean it's not a minus one. <laughs> this, like, you can go for it, but you need to approach this really poorly. Let's see. I just think it'd be really funny to hear him explain. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Your small friend doesn't have very much time. Queen. I would, you, I would act Dream. Hmm. You got somebody? <laughs> Before you can answer, you hear several splashes come from the marsh around you as four bullywugs leap out of the water. The woman screeches in an unholy wail, and suddenly her visage changes to something terrifying. Her hair now appears to be made of seaweed and has taken over and has taken on a sickly greenish color. Her skin becomes blue-gray, uh, the blue-gray of a decaying corpse, and seems to be pulled tight across her sinewy bones. Her dress is made of tattered, damp rags. Everybody, roll a survival check, please. Oh, nice, twenty-one. Okay. 18. Uh, 10. 15. 10. Bastin and Makarin, you are able to discern that this uh, hag is like fairly occupied, and with some good skill checks, you might could get some of the water and leave without actually being in combat. Um, Morthos is blissfully unaware of this. I'm still trying to figure out the riddle. Queen, dream, eternity. So, you, do you guys want to try and make some kind of skill check to get some of the water, or Yeah, what? I'm going to try and get some of the water. Um, can you give me... How about... How about sleight of hand? Okay. Let's say you will need... Um, this is like a minor skill challenge. Across both of you, you will need a total of three successes, and three failures will initiate you into combat. Okay. Well, I just rolled a 10 plus... Uh, 14's good, right? 14, you will succeed. Okay. 
So I open up one of the vials and just scoop up some water real quick. Morthos is still just standing there, as far as you guys can tell, working out, chewing on that riddle uh, on his own. So, uh, Bastin, did you want to take a skill check or...? Yeah, I'm going to say Bastin's, like, entered a flow state where he's just, like, still wrecking his mind for answer to the riddle, but, like, mindlessly picking up the the queen's fever. Queen dream. Let's see. That's a 17 on sleight of hand. 17 will succeed. So you have two successes. The next success will be harder. No um, king because you're... mind fever queen. <laughs> Um, you guys can try to get Morthos's attention, um, but you will need to pass a stealth check to do so. It will not count toward one of your say or toward one of your things. Okay, uh, I am gonna try and stealthily wave down uh, Morthos. Are you Morphos or Morthos? Morthos. Yep. Got it. With a th. Got it. Yeah, M O R T H O S. And I rolled an eighteen plus a lot of stuff. Yeah, so you were able to, like, get over here, and it works. Oh, okay. Um, more those you have now joined. Um, Bastin, if you wanted to take, you still, you guys only need one more success to get the water and run. And we have how many failures? Zero. None. Okay. You have to try to get the water? I already got some. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. But you, you need three vials full, so you've yeah. got two. It's a nine. That is going to be a failure. I'm also going to retcon. I'm going to say two failures is enough because that would, like, all you have to do is get their attention. Yeah. Um, but it would be Morthos's turn. So you have one failure, two successes. Cool. I will try to slay the Bottom of the ninth. Up. Bottom of the ninth. Uh, all the bases are loaded. That's going to be two outs. A 19 plus a bunch of stuff. So you will six. succeed. 25. You will be able to do it. Uh, everybody roll for me, please, a, a stealth check. Mm. Oh, 12. 12. Uh, 20. 20. Nine. Nine. So, okay, that's enough to pass. Yeah, you're able to, to get out of this encounter pretty easily, not having to have interacted with either the Bullywugs or the Hag, if you weren't sure what that was. However, as a result of leaving without completing all of this, the hag did not heal you, Maycarin. Yeah. So I was you are still poisoned. So you what what's gonna happen is you will take at the beginning of the next encounter a D4 of damage. Um, and then after a certain number of turns that I determine and I haven't picked yet, um, I will, you will take another D4. So it's just every so often you'll take a D4. It's like a, it's like in Pokemon and you get poisoned and you walk around and every few yeah. steps it hurts you. Yeah. Um, okay. You sit again before Sulok, this time smelling terrible and faintly damp. Uh. He is going through a similarly complex scientific procedure. This time he has a small bit of water in a tiny tube. After mixing various things together to form a powder, he drops a little into the test tube. The liquid, powder, and tube all turn gray and harden, as if becoming petrified. Hmm, yes, this will do, I suppose. But this is not as potent as I had hoped. No matter, it will suffice. Your work is almost done for me. Again, while explaining the third and final step in your journey, he counts out gold equal to what you agreed to pay, or what he agreed to pay, plus 20%. Your final quest should at least be a little more dry than your last. I need you to collect five black onyx stones from the Emerald Hollows. The Emerald Hollows are a network of mines in the nearby mountains that have been forgotten and left because the miners got tired of dying inexplicable and painful deaths, and the mining company got tired of training new recruits. Middle management just wasn't great, and there was they were always short on gear. The task is relatively simple. Find and mine five palm-sized stones and bring them back to me. The challenging part will be preventing yourselves from getting lost in the mines and avoiding any unsavory company. Dryder have been known to stalk those halls and I have heard tell of a bay here as well. 
you can Google those if you want to see what they look like. Behir is B-E-H-I-R. Dreider is D. Writer. While that happens, we're going to cut back. You're still gross, um, and you have not gained any health. I want to say thank you to all the people that make this show possible. First, Dark Silver Forge for continuing to offer 10% off to Advantage listeners with the promo code ADVANTAGEDND. All one word, all caps, no spaces. Everyone in the Advantage cast rolls with their dice and we all love them. They're fantastic. Shout out to Daniel Grayling and Blake Bost for art and music for the main Advantage show and for Ormond Audio for providing the music for Disadvantage as well as music for the main show. Thank you to the cast for putting up with what I took them through in this episode. And most importantly, thank you to our patrons and community at large. You don't have to spend money on this show to care about it. A share or a like helps. Certainly leave us a review on iTunes if you think about it. It helps us get out to listeners that might not find us. Come join our Discord on the Darkmore Podcast Network, where you'll find other podcasts like How Friends Roll, Fun But Why, Playing Out of Character, and The Misadventurers. And most importantly, thanks for listening. The cave entrance in front of you is massive. What? I just like how we're just like... All right, go do this thing. Come back. All right, go immediately do this other thing. Come back. No time in between. Yeah. Go do this other thing. Yeah. I thought that would be a lot of fun. I didn't think I would be very good at con- coming up with like one thing that would be sufficiently challenging without killing you. So I just came up with three, and I'm winging it. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, the cave entrance in front of you is massive. It is uh, a tall and wide archway cut into the stone with no decoration. Directly in the middle is a small yellow sign stuck into the ground that says, Warning, no lifeguard on duty. Enter at own risk. (laughs) Once you enter, there are three doorways directly ahead of you. Two of them, the one in the middle and the right, are simple openings with nothing covering the portal. The doorway to your far uh, left has a heavy stone door with some kind of lock mechanism that you can't clearly make out from this distance. Go. So we need to open a lock. There are there are three doors uh, or three openings. One of them has a door with a lock, and the other two are just, um, you know, caverns that you can't really see down. Well, if I know doors, usually the ones that have locks on them have the best stuff behind it. That's true. So you're gonna go investigate. Yep. All right, uh, Morthos, being the brave. You see two sets of numbers. It would be helpful, I think, for you guys to have like a sheet of paper and a pencil to write this down, um, be- because not all, um, spatial reasoning matters here. So, like the order in which I in which I tell you them and how I tell you they are arranged matters. So I'll give you guys a second to get pen and paper. No, you know what? I think it's only fitting that I don't have pen and paper. <laughs> <laughs> You're just gonna like try to remember it. <laughs> Zach and Sarah, are you guys ready? Yeah. Queen. Uh, did, you, did you guys want the answer? What's the, the, answer, the, what's the answer to the third riddle? It's letter E. The letter E. Ah. L- listen to the riddle with that answer in mind. Yeah. No. I, yeah. Yeah. Begin. I begin eternity in space at the end of time and in every place. Last in and life, second in death. So it's just placing where E is. So you go up to this door, and what you see, there are sort of two sets of numbers, and there's like a clear amount of space between them. Each set has two rows of six numbers and letters arranged, are arranged evenly. Pause. So like, so it's... If, you were, if you were to imagine a like, like two down by six across table, it, they're arranged like that, like perfectly squared. Um, and there are okay. two two by sixes or just one two by six? Two, there two are by two two by sixes. Got it. Um, and they're spaced out enough to where they're clearly like. Two different things. Two, yeah, two different things. The first set appears to simply be a plate with no moving parts. The second set 
uh, and I haven't told you the numbers yet, has three small cross-shaped holes cut in between each of the rows. So like, again, if you're imagining the table, here, let me just draw it. It's the like, the little like T where four numbers, the first four, like two and two on bottom connect. Does that make sense? Imagine, and you've got your, your table of two down by six across. Yeah. The first square made by two across and two down, so that four, the corner where all four of them touch is like a Phillips head screwdriver. And then the same is true for the middle four and the third four. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, each of the numbers and letters on this panel seems separate as if the pieces can be moved around. The number and letter combinations read as follows. So the first one, this is the plate. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna read the numbers across and then I'll do the second, it's numbers and letters. The numbers are as follows. Six, nine, four, two, zero, A. And then the second column, or sorry, the second row is P, E, N, one, five, five. <laughs> and that's the plate. Now, <laughs> you're welcome. This, the second part, so this is the second um, set of numbers and letters, read like this across. Um, nine, E, one, N, A, five. And then, uh, for the second row, six, P, two, four, zero, five. I'll take any kind of check that you can throw at this that'll make sense. Um, okay. I would like to use... Would a sleight of hand check make sense? Uh, sure. I can take that. That's gonna be a 20. Okay, so you you walk forward, and you're you're looking at the second set of numbers and letters, and you and you pull out a knife and you stick it in that little cross shape in between the first four as a square, and you kind of turn it a little left and right, and you realize that that cross piece allows you to rotate that block of four, either clockwise or counterclockwise, moving each letter. So, for instance, mm -hmm. the the first block uh, is nine and then e on top and then six and P on bottom. So if you oh. rotate it counterclockwise, okay. it becomes EP nine six. All right, so I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna turn it one, the first block, one turn. Okay. One turn clockwise. Okay. The second block, two turns clockwise. Okay. And the third block, one turn clockwise. Uh, everything locks into the uh, into place. Both plates now reading the same thing. Um, so you go in, and this room is indeed a repository. This room contains several um, small chests, but not locked like they thought the lock on the outside was enough. And you're able to get four of the black onyx stones, as well as a pocket full of uncut emeralds. Nice. Ooh. What but you still lack the black onyx stones. Okay, cool. But you we need still... five of them, right? Yeah, so you lack one. I want to try to roll investigation to see okay. if we can see any more around. Plus two? Sixteen. Sixteen? Yep. Um, you can clearly see that that is all the blacks on it, black onyx stones in this area. If you want to find more, you will have no choice but to go somewhere else. And this, does this room keep going, or is this like just no. a room? Okay, this is just, just like a just, room behind the door. Yeah, it's it's a small room. It, it um, You could surmise that maybe, like, once they've done some mining, this is a place where they put stuff before, like, it was all picked up. Mm -hmm. All right, well, I guess we need to go down one of the other uh, entrances to find another stone. Yeah, that was the locked one, right? Yep. All right. Look at all the stuff we found. Man. Well, do we want to go right or left? Right. Sounds good. Always right first. Why okay. Why always right first? Personal belief. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> do you Do you uh, disagree, Morthos? I, I've learned to not disagree with people with giant battle axes. Bad. Yeah. Okay, so you go into the, the far right corridor. This corridor seems to go on indefinitely. The space itself widens until 
the ceiling reaches so far overhead that you can barely see the stalactites that hang down. Your path slopes downward gently until you find yourself in a huge cavern with a small lake filling the cavern floor. Massive stones jut up from the water as if uh, gigantic stalactites have fallen into the water and now produce would-be platforms. Across the, the treacherous platform walkway, you can clearly see veins of black onyx and mining equipment. What's more is that you can see a mining cart already full of the ore. The cart has a lid that can close and a latch. The tracks for the mining cart curve up to ride along the wall, ostensibly the reason the cart has a lid, until they level out again on the area you are standing. Presumably, miners would push the cart, or propel it magically, along the tracks, eliminating the need to cross the platforms. You gather this uh, would take two teams, one on the mining side and one on the receiving side. Unfortunately for you, the cart is on the mining side, and you will need to get across the platforms to push it back across. You see there is a second cart that could bring you back across, albeit uncomfortably, if you were on the mining side. So there's a pool, big pool, giant stalactite platforms, and then a track that runs up the wall and then back down on the side, and the like thing, the um, carts go along that. They're like stuck to it roller coaster style. So if you got all the way across, you could hop in one and kind of push yourself along and bring it back. Uh, and what they would do originally is they would put a team in there, send it over there, let them get their stuff out, and then they would send the stuff back. But as it stands, you are now stuck here. And uh, what would you like to do about it? Well, can we not just follow the track? Um, goes no, the track, the yeah, well, it's, uh, it only goes on the wall, but it's like on the wall, like, like perpendicular to the ground. Yeah, sideways. How does stuff not fall out of the... The cart. There's a lid. We have a lid. The lid. Oh, okay. The lid. The lid. I guess we need to climb some stalactites if we want to get up there. Yeah, guys. So, can so we think of this as like a, really a platform challenge. Yeah, sure. Okay, um, we have rope, right? Presumably. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, sure. I mean, if we have an adventurous kit, we have rope. Not to be like the rope guy, but. You do often suggest plans involving to rope. To be fair, rope is very useful in the rope world. Rope is like one of the hands down most useful objects, period. Not yeah. even just in D&D world. That's fair. It is one of the most handful, like useful objects just in general. Could I throw a hand axe and like stick it to the cart and then try to pull it? I'm going to give you a really high DC because I don't want you to do that. <laughs> um, but um, by by rule of like if it happens it happens if you succeed I will let you do it but I want you to know that I will be salty and that I will make it I will make it hard for you <laughs> well that's I what could, you should do I could make the case that it is really far away because like this is a small yeah. lake like I didn't call it a pond it's pretty big um, you could say it's more than whatever, like fifty feet sure. of rope. Yeah. I'll I'll say that it's right at the end of your rope, so you will need to. Uh, Basically, nat twenty that shit. Nat nat twenty. If you nat twenty, I'll give it to you. But barring a nat twenty, you're gonna have to do All this. Because right. if not, this is a thirty minute episode. <laughs> at I did best. not. I did not nat twenty it. Sarah, what you missed is Bastin tried to tie a rope to his. Uh, like a throwing axe and just like hook the thing um, and failed mostly because I decided to make that really hard because that's not how I want this to go down. Fun fact, um, DMs out there, you can do that. <laughs> like you do not have to accept like BS that your players throw at you, <laughs> even though I love it. Like I, I love it. Yesy and Zach are both really good about doing that, about like, <laughs> especially Yessi with his rope plans. Um, everything is rope all the time. Everything is rope. <laughs> so, well, we can just uh, tie a rope to each other and then we'll go down in the water and then if one of us drowns, we'll all drown. So I think it's a good idea. Um, so basically you have to uh, jump across these platforms. The DC for each platform varies based on uh, how 
like easy the jump is. I won't tell you a specific DC for each one, but I will like you'll be able to look at it and know if it's kind of a hard jump or if it's kind of an easy jump. I initially wanted this to take a little while and see what kind of tomfoolery you guys could get into. So I have it set for 12 successes, so that would be essentially four each. But I reserve the right to shorten that, but know that the uh, success and failure rate is the same. So right now it's 12 successes or 12 failures. So uh, who wants to uh, go first here? I'll say the, the first platform um, is relatively close, fairly large, and slightly lower than the one you're on, so it would be a pre pretty easy jump. I'll go ahead and go first. Uh, Mekaren is eager to get going since she does see the treasure right there. Um, and so I'm going to roll for acrobatics and try and do a okay. cool little flippy thing. Uh, 19. 19 will absolutely succeed. Yeah, so she just does like a, a, a show-off front flip onto the first platform. All right, and that's going to put Mekaren in the top of our initiative order. Who wants to run up next? I'll go for it. But I'm gonna say that Bastion like reels back his hook axe thing and like keeps it by his side. Try to use it as like a climbing apparatus, if okay. if the need arises. As need be, fair enough. But he's just gonna jump for it to the first one. Okay. That's a fifteen. After fifteen athletics. Fifteen. Fifteen is good enough for this first platform. All right, Morthos. Uh, you know, we're gonna. We're going to try to acrobatics it up. Go for it. That is going to be a 19. <laughs> Excellent. So you all three succeed at making it to the first platform. From this platform, you have three options um, for paths that you can take. The first two to your, like, the left and essentially the middle look a little bit more challenging, and the one to your right looks a little easier. But bear in mind, you'll need to consider the longer path itself. You're welcome to do perception checks. They will not count in your success or failure. They will just help you determine your pathway. Um, so, Mekaren, what you, uh, you want to do? Uh, I would like to roll for perception to see what it, like, regardless of how difficult the jumps are, what is, like, the shortest path. And that's, like, a 12. Um, generally, it's going to be airing toward the middle. Um, okay. there, it's not a perfect straight line. There's some deviation. But, but on average, it would seem that roughly going toward the middle is the shortest distance. Then Mekarn's going to go ahead and try and athletic do an athletics check to just do a good old long jump to get to oops, the next platform. So you're going for the middle platform? Yeah. Okay. Jesus. I'm just going to keep throwing my dice on the floor. Uh, 17. 17 will succeed. Tell me how you leap. Um, so she backs up a little bit and then runs and then just does like an Olympic long jump, like the two foot landing. She doesn't feel like showing off on this one because, uh, she doesn't want to press her luck there. Cool beans. All right, Bastin, it is your turn. Bastin is definitely going to forgo any perception check and barrel straight ahead, going straight for a 22 athletics check. <laughs> All right. You guys are killing it. Yeah, so you land on this platform. Will you roll a dexterity saving throw to see whether or not you run smack into Mekarin? Well, I crit failed. All right. So tell me how you push her off this platform. So I'm basically just use, or <laughs> keeping the momentum that I had from the first jump and like still running. Whereas, I guess, Mekarn was doing kind of a long jump. I'm kind of like triple jumping this, where I'm just like hopping real fast. And I don't mm -hmm. see her, like, in front of me. I'm kind of like eyes on the target sort of thing. And mm -hmm. just kind of body her off the platform as I like slide to a halt. Excuse me. So yeah, uh, Mekarn, you sploosh into the ground. I will accept that as one failure. Not all platforms will result in this, but that's the kind of thing you need to check for. Um, if you can both fit on the same platform. <laughs> so, Morlinde, or not Morlinde, sorry, Mekarin, you, like, looking back toward where you started, there's a clear, like, slope upward so you can get back to the beginning. Wait, can I throw my axe down at her? Oh, not throw. Hey, um, uh... Can I fish her out of the water? 
Um, yes, but it will take uh, both of your next turns to do so. Also, Morlinde, would you go ahead and take two damage, please, because you're poisoned. And then, uh, so that was, oh, let me, I'm keeping a little map here of who's going where. Morthos, it's your turn. Can I go up, so the, the middle path is the straightest line, but I just saw someone get knocked off mm-hmm. that. So I'm gonna go an alternate route. Um, okay, the pro- left is equally hard as the middle, the right is easier on this first step. I'm gonna do the right, okay. and I would like to, can I like ballroom dance my way there and do like a a majestic leap? Uh, sure. In a performance. Okay, I'll take a performance check. All right, that's gonna be a twenty-one. All right, that is a success. So you went to the right platform. May Karin, it is your turn. So I've got to climb my way back up, right? Correct. So at this moment, I would let because Bastin is next in order. I would let, like, if both of you, like, Mikarin, you're going to use your turn to, yeah. to get up there anyway. Bastin, you won't necessarily, so if you do, it will take both of your next turns and it'll be um, Morthosis, and it will also not count as a success. But failing it won't count as a failure, though. Yeah, so, like, you'll if you try to help the, her. You'll be back on the second platform instead of the first one. Okay. And, and let's set a, um, well, let's set a DC of 11. Mm-hmm. It's arbitrary. It shouldn't be too hard. You're just lowering rope down. If you want to, then yeah. Yeah, I lower down my axe rope. <laughs> um, so let's say uh, Mekarin needs to axe do... Rope. How about this? Mekarin, you need to do either... Something related to, like, gripping. So either, I guess, just, like, raw athletics or... Yeah, I was going to say uh, or something athletics like is probably the and best then, And then, Bastin, you will need to do the same thing to lift her. I got a 17 on my... Okay, so the lift is going to work. Let's see if she's holding on when you do it. Uh, 14. Okay, yeah, you both succeed. You get her back up there. She's wet, but otherwise unharmed. Uh, and it is Morthos's turn again. Morthos, you see two platforms emanate, like, relatively close. Both seem to be approximately the same difficulty, and they look fairly challenging compared to the one that you just did. Well, I'm just going to keep doing keep trying to do the same thing that I was doing. Like, okay. he's, he's like, Morthos is definitely in the zone. You know? He's, he's just mm-hmm. leaping like a gazelle across these platforms. Or at least that is what his attempt is to, to do. And that will be a 16. You will succeed. Um, which one of the platforms did you go to, left or right? Um, right. Right. Okay. Um, Bastin, it is your turn. We are at uh, seven successes, pretty good so far, uh, and one failure. So, okay, I'm, I'm going to do a perception this time. For one, I perceive one. <laughs> you, there are actually um, three ways you can go. The far right of yours is what would have been Morthos's left jump from where, like, what that he just did, and it was, it'll be really hard. The one in the middle will also be really hard, and the one to your immediate left is a little easier. But you can only see the one in the middle for whatever reason. <laughs> you you don't really notice the easier path at all whatsoever, okay. or and that I there leap. is another direction. And you leap. Wait, let me set the DC for this one. Okay. With a sixteen, Ty goes to the runner. So he like you know, Assassin's Creed style, like, hangs onto the ledge and pulls himself up onto the platform. Awesome. Um, oh, did I skip? I did. I'm sorry. I skipped Makarin. Yeah, oh, I thought I was just, like, paying for my climbing up. Bastin is currently on the next platform, right? Correct. And, uh, would you like to do any checks? Any perception checks? Uh, yeah, I want to see how close it is to the one to my left. How close I am to the one to my left, and I rolled a thir- uh, plus three is uh, 16. It should be a relatively easy jump, maybe slightly harder than your first one, but uh, certainly nowhere near as difficult as the one Bastin just did. All right, might as well. I'm going to try and go not to the one that Bastin's on. 
Oh my gosh, so good. 17 plus. Yeah, that'll do. Yeah. I need I need you guys to roll more terribly. Like I need you guys to like suck at this. It's a lot more fun if you fail. And then we have I to do, like start all the way over again. I do get like a plus six to athletics though, so like. Uh, Morthos, it is a your turn. I would like to perception, see what what the, the path ahead of me is, or try to anyway. Okay. Um, which is going to be a seven. A seven? Yeah. You you can see that you could hop exact like directly left to the platform that you did not go to, and it would be relatively easy. And that there are two other platforms, one of which is directly in front of you and looks pretty hard, and one of which is to the right and slightly back of you that looks very easy. For some reason, the one directly in front of you seems like the best bet. I mean, that's where I was going to go anyway. Okay, it's it's pretty it's a pretty hard jump, so go for it. All right, let's 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 dance it up. That's going to be a 19. God dang it! Yeah, so you make it, I guess. Um, just lively, gracefully jumping all over the place. And, uh, Mekarin, it is now your turn in your proper spot in the order. So I'm now on platform number three for me, right? If you're counting the initial starting point, yes. Okay. Um, You've jumped twice successfully. All right. I'm going to look around me and see what the jumps kind of look like. But I only rolled a ten, so... You can jump directly right and land on the one that Bastin is on. Uh, you have no idea whether or not it would end up dislodging him from it. There is one that is pretty far away from you, sort of directly in front of you, mm -hmm. but it's a lot lower. So, like, the jump is physically hard, but, like, has a pretty decent chance of success. It'd be like jumping from a tall building to a shorter building. Uh, and then there's one to your immediate left that is sort of average difficulty and uh, you've you know, no harder than the ones you've done so far. Again, just to put some space between Maycarn and Bastin, she's going to go to that immediate left one. What's wrong? Why are you trying to avoid Bastin? Mm, what happened last time? But uh, I rolled a three plus three is six, so I probably didn't make oh, it. Oh, good. Finally a Failure. Yeah, so you, uh, do you want to tell me how you fail, actually? Uh, yeah, so because it was pretty close, she got cocky and tried to do another, like, cool front flip over there. But, like... So, wait, were you going to the one diagonally forward that's, like, farther away but much lower? No, or the one, the one directly to her left? left. Okay. Um, and so she tried to do a front flip onto it just to, like, look cool, feel cool. Um, but her heel, like, caught the edge of it when she mm -hmm. was flipping, and so she just kind of, like, fell down to the water again instead. Um, that will count as a failure, and you take four damage for the failure. Note, that was not your poison damage, but a failure punishment. Uh, great. I'm bloodied. Uh, you're well past bloodied, as I recall. Mm -hmm. We We started this at 16. You should now have 10, right? Uh, yeah. Yep. Uh, Bastin, it is your turn. Okay, so, hear me out. Can Bastin attempt to, like, Spider-Man his way from the platform he's on and, like, essentially skip one? Like, he's gonna try to throw his rope and swing? I'll say there are sort of three platform, four platforms, really, in your vision. The one to your far, like, far diagonal left that was the one that, from Mekarin's perspective in the last turn, was much lower, but fairly far away. It is even farther for you, but it is in your line of sight. To the right of that one is one that is really close, but taller than the platform you're on. Perfect. And then you also have one to your diagonal right that's of average difficulty to achieve. And then um, there's one, okay, so if you're trying to do this like swing thing, if you go, you could try to go past the low platform that w that I was talking about earlier and go to one that's just slightly higher than it, but significantly farther away. Um, I will warn you that the DC is relatively high for this attempted Spider-Man move. I mean, I was committed to it no matter what you said, so. Let, let me set the DC then. Uh, okay. 
17. Ty goes to the attacker. <laughs> I had set it at 17. So, yeah, tell me about this, uh, this Spider-Man move. So, yeah, Bastin determined to make, to, like, get his money's worth out of this rope, <laughs> sees that there's a one platform pretty close to him, and he, like, and his some sort of brutish, like, trigonometrical, like, he something just clicks, and he's like, I can make that. <laughs> <laughs> and he throws his rope and hears the cling onto the stone, and he just swings down, like, feet barely skimming the water, and swings back up and lets go. So he lets go of the rope, so he's just like, again, holding on to the edge of the next the next platform. I'll say that the impact is enough that you'll take a d4 of damage, and you'll take two. Like, okay. hitting that platform at a relatively high speed hurts, yeah. but you, take, you took two damage. Morthos. What things do I see in front of me? You have only a platform to your diagonal left that is the one that would have been to um, Bastin's diagonal right. For him, it was of average difficulty. For you, it is going to be very hard because it is approximately the same height as you and fairly far away. Right. Going backwards is an option. You just don't get successes for that. No, we're going. We're going hardcore. Okay. We're going to see what happens. Go for it. Uh, let me set the DC. Okay. That is going to be a 14. You do not succeed, so tell me how you fail. Morthos has just assumed that this is going to be super easy from here on out as he's just been dancing up these stalactites. And I guess he gets just a little too overconfident mm -hmm. and is just like, oh, I can make that. And then whatever happens, happens, I guess. Okay, yeah, so you plummet uh, into the water and will take a d4 of damage. For your failure, you take one. Um, Maykarin, you're going to get a twinge of pain from your poison and take also one. Awesome. Maykarin, it is your turn. I'll say that you guys are at 11 successes, which is ridiculous. You have no business succeeding that much. Yeah, but, well, uh, it won't be me because i got to climb back up. No, the way this works, you're just back at your plat the beginning platform. Oh, and you can okay. Yeah. I could make it last longer, but I don't think that's beneficial. So you're just you're just back at the beginning. The only reason I had you spend a turn climbing up last time is because you were like you rope climbing over. up. Yeah. But this is like, it's effectively respawning back to the beginning after you fail. Right. But you're just swimming over. Okay. Um. Well, once again, she's gonna try and go for that middle platform using a acrobatics check. Mm-hmm. A eighteen. And with that, you reach 12 successes. So you, you, you make it over there, uh, and you're able to find plenty of the ore you need. Uh, you even get an extra piece, because why not? The thing you have to do now is get back across using the little tracks. You guys are going to have a collective roll of any skill of your choosing, if it makes sense, so you can't like persuasion your way across this, um, <clears throat> unless you can give me a really convincing reason that that works. Uh, and if your collective role is higher than the DC I'm about to set, you guys make it back across no problems. If it is not, you'll make it back across, but there will be problems. So let me set okay. the DC I want. Hold on. So how high up is this platform from the ground, like the the like because i didn't i feel like i didn't like get hurt that much and i feel like no one's really been hurt that much from falling off of these things from the lake it's maybe i don't know somewhere between 10 and 20 feet but it is the ending platform and the beginning platform are the same height yeah the and the track only goes up just a little bit it and we like are planning on getting in the cart to go back across correct and the difficulty is more in the fact that it's like a tight fit for all of us. It's a tight fit and like the like later models of this have carts that like are always down. So like e like um, even if the wheels go this way, it's it's like it, uh, it can the basket area, I guess can like rotate. But these are old school ones, and so like when this thing goes sideways, it just goes sideways. So like holding on and not falling out are also issues. Um, can I roll a check to see if it would be easier with two people? 
Uh, as in, like, not squeezing all three of you in there? Yeah. Sure. Um, I rolled a nat 20. Um, you're not sure that it would make any real significant difference. There seems to be space enough for all three of you, and the difficulty is going to be in holding on, not necessarily squeezing in. Okay. And you... It doesn't. It's not going to make a huge difference, but like honestly, having a few more things to hold on to in there might actually be beneficial. Well, I'm going to continue to try to do what I was going to try to do anyway. Go for it. I'm okay. here for it. So you're going to forego the collective DC save. No, DC. I'm. I'm. I want this to be, I guess, part of the collective DC save. Okay. T- tell but, me what you're thinking. Okay. I want to use persuasion. Um. <laughs> I was trying, as soon as you said you could use, like, it, oh, I yeah. was like, I'm going to try to figure out a way. Um, yeah, see, what's your character's name again? Bastion. Bastion. I'm going to convince, try to convince him to just jump off the side and go up the slope while we take the, the cart. Okay, see, but what I was thinking was I could, like, get behind and push and just hang on to the handles anyway as the cart is going. So this works out. How about this? Uh, role play that. First, Morthos, give me that roll. Nobody else do a roll. And if this roll succeeds, I will allow it to be part of your collective DC. So now, but, but is... before we before you tell me what it is, uh, Yessi, what should we have this be against in terms of your... Should it be wisdom, intelligence, constitution? I would imagine it'd be either intelligence or wisdom, and they're both pretty low. Uh, I'll let you pick, and so uh, Morthos just has to beat one of those. Alright. Well, well, which... I would roll an intelligence save, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah, like you'll roll whichever one of... You get to pick, is what I'm saying, and then you can roll yeah. that save. How much did you roll, Morthos? I rolled I rolled a 17, but my persuasion bonus is plus 8, so 25. Jesus! Okay. I literally can't mathematically beat that, so... Um, so, uh, roleplay that for me, um, Morthos. What, what do you say to Bastin? Bastin, you're a... Yes. You're a strong individual, right? The strongest one here. And you're, you're a little bit of a big guy, right? Biggest one here. Yeah. So I think that it might be more <laughs> beneficial if you... You just jump off the side and climb up on the other side of the lake, and we take the cart down, so it's a little more spacious, so we can all fit easily, easier. And we to climb to the side. Yeah, just jump down and then climb up the other side. It's real easy. We've done it like twice. Me, um, everyone else is taking a turn climbing up the side, so you know. I can give you a push and then jump off. That sounds great. Yes. So you rolled twenty-five. That was your roll. Yeah. Um, okay. So give me just a second. Um, all right, I have set the DC for this. And uh, so now the other two need to make relevant rolls. Um, Yessie, presumably you would need to do something athletics or something like that, because if your plan is to just push, then you got to do that. And uh, Sarah, you can come up with whatever, so long as it makes sense for the plan. All right, so, so far y'all are, like, climbing up the side to get in. Morthos is... Uh, Bastin is gonna stand and like give a good shove and then jump off. Oh, okay. So should I just like be in it? That would seem to be consistent go? with the plan. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. So I'm gonna try to get in it, considering I don't weigh a lot and I'm good at hopping around on things. Am I close enough to where I can just like climb up and get in it? Yeah, this is more about um, staying in it once it's moving. Oh, than it so is staying about... held on. Okay. Uh huh. So, uh, I'm definitely going to use acrobatics to try and jump in and then, like, get wedged in a little crevice so that while it's moving, um, I'm not going anywhere. Sounds good. Fifteen? Uh, all right. I rolled an eleven for acrobatics, or for athletics. Awesome. You guys will succeed. Um, so you push the cart... Uh, along the side, but as you do, you hear a low rumbling coming from somewhere above. The rumbling increases in volume and what sounds like constant thunder moving in your direction. The ground beneath trembles. Suddenly, a large, writhing creature explodes out of an opening and plummets toward the platforms. A massive, serpentine monster with far too many legs splashes down from the stalactites above. It roars, and you see a gaping maw of teeth and pain set into a sharp arrow-like head. 
Deadly spines run down the length of this scaly creature. You recognize this as a bay here. Uh, its roar is cut short as a stalactite falls directly on the monster. It rides angrily and frees itself from the rock. A cave-in seems evident. So you're gonna need to run now. You've safely made it across. This is also kind of its own skill encounter. Uh, I'll say that you guys just need uh, five successes, but three failures will have consequences. All right. And so there is a, a cave-in is evident. You're running, trying to escape this corridor. If you'll recall, it's quite long. Um, let's maintain the same order. So, Mekaran, uh, first go ahead and take uh, two damage from your poison. We're getting close to the edge here. Uh-huh. Basically, we're just trying to pick up our rocks and run, yeah? Correct. All right. So she's just trying to pick up her rocks and run. And I rolled a 9 plus 4, so 13. Okay. That'll be a success. Thank goodness. So she just starts, grabs some stuff and starts running. She's not even looking at the other two. Bastin, you'd be next. Can I try to slow this thing down? I have javelins. Uh, sure. I still want to flavor this as a skill check. Um, yeah. So if you are like making an attack roll as your quote skill check, then I would accept that. But I think you should only get the relevant skill modifier, so proficiencies won't count. Okay. Does that make sense? So yeah. only unless you're decks. right, unless you're trained in whatever it is. So go ahead and uh, give me that attack roll. Actually, if well, I'll just say if you succeed at the attack, you succeed. If you don't, so go ahead and add all of your relevant modifiers. Well, it's bad. It's a 12. Uh, that'll be a failure, good sir. So yeah, you turn around and you just like hurl this javelin and it just like tinks off of the Behir's armor and it roars back at you, now turning its vicious attention uh, on you specifically, but on the party in general. Morthos, it is your turn. Can I use performance to give bardic inspiration to Bastion? I'll allow it. Oh, this thing's gross. It, like, has multiple appendages. Yeah, if you haven't looked up a bay here, they're really weird looking. I love them. How do you spell it? It's B-E-H-I-R. They're like the poor man's dragon, basically. Like, oh, they yeah. look like some kind of weird dragon creature, but they are not dragons. And, and dragons don't like them because they are, like, fakes, basically. That's funny. They're, they're ugly. Yeah, we definitely need to run from that guy. Yeah, and they're also super massive. Like, this thing is huge. Seeing Bayhir's Bastin's failed attempt at, like, attacking the, the beast, I'm going to look at him, and as we're, as we're running, I'm going to be like, it's not the size of the dog in the fight, but the size of the fight in the dog. <laughs> and your roll? This is not a dog. Uh, my <laughs> roll was a 19. That's a success. Did and I say five, five successes and three failures? That was what I picked? It sounds right. Yep. Maykarin, it is your turn. All right. Uh, Maykarin is just going to keep running. Oh, and uh, I rolled a two plus three, so. So, she's yeah, gonna tell me what trip. happens. <laughs> um, so she looked back at the other two to see where they were and then promptly just, like, tripped on a rock in the cave. So she is... So she just, like, she went down. She caught herself. She's okay, but she she is temporarily slowed. Uh, seeing this stumble, the bay here focuses its attention on you, and Bastin, it is your turn. I'm going to say he's just going to try to keep running past, hopefully, Maykarin, who has now stumbled, and hearing... Uh, what's your character's name, Zach? Uh, Morthos. 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 Uh, I kept thinking Morphon. <laughs> Morthos is words of inspiration. He's going to try to get out of there. 23 athletics. Yeah, that'll be a success. You guys are at three successes, two failures. So you need two more successes or one more failure. Great. Morthos, it would be your turn. I guess I'm just going to try to acrobatics and just keep it going. You know, Okay. Keep, keep fleeing the scene, as it were. That's a good roll. Uh, that's going to be a 21. That'll succeed. Ooh, we're at that uh, bottom of the ninth base is loaded, two outs kind of situation again. Yeah. Um, with Make Karin. Great. All right. So she's just going to try and scramble her way up and keep running. Uh, and this time she's going to use acrobatics. 
for a more graceful thing. Please work. 12? I'll take 12. Hey. So you succeed. You're able to um, run far enough ahead, and then right as the bay here crashes around the corner behind you, several giant spiders and a drider like come out sort of in front of you, but you're in such a flow state that you're able to just like swiftly navigate through them, and instead they collide with the bay here and are like a little distracted. So you're able to uh, free flee from your lives. Uh, for your lives, rather, not from your lives. Well, I mean, that's what we're doing here, right? Yes. So now, the scene cuts back. You now sit across the table from Sulok as he eyes the stones you brought him through a jeweler's loop. He keeps making sounds to himself as if considering. Covered in dirt and reeking of sweat, you sit with a cup of tea directly in front of you. The delicate cups uh, sitting on saucers with a floral pattern are in direct contrast with your dirty weathered exteriors. Simply put, y'all look terrible. You're smelly, you were, were wet, and are also covered in like soot and dirt. Well, I suppose this will do just fine. He counts out the gold again, adding a tip, this time 30%. Never let it be said that Sulak Soul Keeper doesn't pay well or tip those who deserve. Never. He articulates this a little louder and then leans in wouldn't be polite in this establishment. Best to keep those with whom you work happy and paid. He leans back and returns to his normal voice. Now, my friends, you have earned something in addition to the vast amount of gold you have received. I can vouch not only for your skill set, but your reliability as employees. Others here will now be willing to work with you. Who knows? Maybe Gish himself would contract you uh, for his ongoing work. He only takes the bravest, but he pays them well. You may be able to make a life for yourselves here in Undoing. And it's a little easier with some street cred.